December 31st, 1997. Don's daughters ask if I would find an estate planner to help them decide what to do to minimize the estate tax bite on their portion of his estate if he is found to be dead. I had set up a land trust agreement for them when Don and I got married, and we had added to the trust as things sold and paid off until two years ago. Don's ex-wife, who had asked for the divorce because she was in love and wanted to remarry, had received a a million-dollar settlement back in 1990. She had said that she knew Don was worth more, but that she didn't want to fight. She just wanted a million and her freedom. Don agreed and told Anne, the secretary who I believed embezzled so much from us, and Gail Rathbone and Linda Sanchez, his daughters, who were at the time our bookkeepers, to sit down with their mother and the books and let her pick out one million of his best stuff because he thought she was being fair with him. After the divorce, Don and his ex got along better than they ever did while they were married for the next five years. That's about how long it took Gladys, Don's ex-wife, to lose most of what she got by letting their eldest daughter, Donna Pettis, invested in the stock market for her. That was according to Don. Donna Pettis moved back home with her mother while building her dream home, and Gladys filed a lawsuit against Don saying that he had always kept her in the dark and that he wouldn't let her have her own attorney in the divorce and that she was treated unfairly in the divorce and wanted another million. She got the daughters, Donna, Gail, and Linda, to testify that they were threatened by their dad if they revealed to their mother how much he was really worth, which at that time was about $3 million. And Anne refused to admit that she was there when Don told them to let Gladys pick out the best of his investments. I was there, but Don did not want to hurt Gladys's feelings by letting her know that I was privy to their private settlement, and he would not allow me to come forward with the truth. He thought up until the very end that surely at least one of his children would tell the truth, but they all lied about it under oath, and when the last of them did, Don told me to dissolve their trust, remove them from his will. They never had, they never were in his will, according to my knowledge and that he wanted to move to Costa Rica to get away from the whole lot of them. I didn't want to move to Costa Rica, but did agree to let Don try it out, hoping he would tire of the idea. I agreed to let him transfer $1 million of our assets to Costa Rica, knowing full well that he would lose it because he would not take the necessary steps to protect himself. I felt that in time he would get over his anger and disappointment with his daughters. He had disowned his son years ago, because of the stealing and the drug abuse. I never did dissolve their trust because no matter how upset Don was with them, they were his children and should be provided for. As I said before, I am the one who set up the trust for them because Don wouldn't bother. Don's insurance policy came up for renewal, and by this time the secretary, Anne, had formed an alliance with the dirtbag Don did business with. The dirtbag, Wendell Williams, knew that he couldn't get to Don from here because he would have to come through me, and I had caught him stealing from Don on several occasions and brought it to Don's attention. Wendell has an IRS problem and couldn't have Don put properties in his name, so he had Don put them in Anne's name as trustee. After being our secretary for 18 years, Anne knew full well that there was no trust agreement Anne knew full well that if there was no trust agreement, then the property would be considered hers personally if anything happened to Don. Anne became the owner of Don's life insurance policy as trustee under another non-existent trust. 
The policy was for $1,250,000, and the disbursement, she told Don, was, in effect, was that she would get $200,000, I would get $250,000, $400,000 would go to pay off four loans that we owe, and if they had already been paid, then the money would go to our wildlife sanctuary, and the balance of the $400,000 would be split between Don's daughters his grandchildren, and his grandchildren but he reserved the right for Anne to decide which child got how much. This is the breakdown that Anne claims, and is the same one that Don told me about when his policy came up for renewal in April of 1997. What Don didn't tell me, and I assume he didn't know, was that Anne was the owner of the policy and that there was a trust document involved. The clause about his children would guarantee their alliance to Anne. At any rate, the daughters are afraid to make Anne mad if she holds the key to how much each of them will get. The children's trust is about is worth about $823,520.26 now. And then I have a breakdown here of the PSRL 1231.97. Bank accounts as of 1231.97 were $69,729. The mortgage's current face value were $338 thousand one hundred and fifty two dollars real estate taxes the tax value was five hundred and ten thousand nine hundred and twelve dollars personal property price paid it says zero property tax liability which meant we owed taxes of forty five thousand nine hundred and seventy one dollars on their properties and the mortgages paid out value mortgages owed on those would be forty nine thousand three hundred and two and that would leave a total of eight hundred twenty three thousand five hundred twenty dollars plus the four hundred thousand from the insurance proceeds. They have hired an attorney to say that Don's will and our trust agreements are forgeries so that they can say Don died intestate and therefore entitling them to half of about a seven million dollar estate. I hired handwriting professionals and so did they and of course the results were entirely opposite. I have the benefit of the testimony of the witnesses and notary and the fact that Don's will, prepared in Costa Rica by his attorney there, left everything there to me as of May of 1997. The daughter's main concern is that they won't be able to get enough after taxes to live on. None of them work, nor do any of them have any skill to fall back on, because they were always waiting for their mother and father to die and make them rich. Now it's looking like the breadwinner is gone and they aren't going to be rich. This is where the whole long narrative ends with you. I have proposed that they steal their trust. I will look the other way and they can manage it as they please, but in exchange I want to be relieved of this guardianship as well. I don't mind making reports to the court as long as they are confidential, but I oppose paying someone $70 an hour to look over my shoulder. I have proposed that I will give them one half of everything that is in their father's name at the end of the five-year period if he doesn't show. And then I detail the Don Lewis holdings, which were a bank account as of 1231 97 was $43,525.62. Notes and personal loans was $95,935.26. Mortgages, $819,988.01 real estate owed tax value was $584,593, $584,593, sorry, personal property price $16,250, mortgage tax liability, taxes we owed $71,783.79, 
and mortgages that we owed the, pace, the face value of $570,984.03 for a total of $917,524.07. So essentially what I was saying is they can run their trust, I'll run my trust. At the end, we'll split evenly everything that is left. And this was the agreement that I was trying to get them to make if they would agree to let me operate without having to pay their attorneys and Anne's attorneys and the conservator's attorneys and the conservator's CPA and all of these people to be in the conservatorship. And I was happy to provide accountings to them and happy to even do that through the court system. I just didn't want all of these attorneys sucking up the entire estate. In the meantime, in the meanwhile, I get all of the income, but must reinvest the principal. I can make enough through careful management to make it feel like I didn't give anything up, and they would get more than they probably could in court. They are still very concerned that they won't get much after taxes. I told them that I was going to go to an estate planner, and they asked if they could come along too. Despite the history, we are all very civil with each other, surprisingly kind in fact, so you don't have to worry about a display of emotion. If they claim their ownership to their trust as beneficiaries without objection, then would the estate tax apply? In preparation for this, I have asked for separate ID numbers for the trust for tax purposes, beginning with the 1998 tax year, which may be the first year any of these properties have been identified. It seems to me that as long as taxes are being paid on the trust, the IRS shouldn't care who the parties are. J.D. Lewis, in parentheses it says Don, is the trustee of their trust, but if they elect another trustee, then would I be liable for any tax evasion on their part? If this can be done, it will increase the amount they get to keep by over $400,000. Not sure I understand that sentence, but that's what it says. As for the property held in Don's name, I don't know any way this can escape gift or estate taxes, and I am hoping you will have some ideas on how to minimize the tax bite while still allowing me to keep the income during the next five years. When this is transferred to them, who is liable for the pay payment of the estate tax? I was told by my attorney that as a spouse, I pay no estate tax. Is that true? If so, is there any way to transfer assets to them after the five years without causing a taxable event? Something like $600,000 per year thing. There are 16 of them to divide it amongst counting the grandchildren. And that's the end of the diary entry. But because of the amount that you could transfer to each person, then what I was thinking is there might be a way that I could gift out the money to them over a period of time and they could get it without it causing a tax event for them. So I was willing to work with them that way as well. So in the early part of this, and this is December of 1997, uh, we were trying to work together. I was trying to give them half of everything that wasn't in my personal trust. So they got their trust, I got my trust, and then we'd split everything else. And um, we were trying to do this in a way that it would give them the most possible money. And I didn't want to be, and I think that sent that paragraph that I wasn't sure about is, I didn't want to be held liable if they did something illegal tax-wise. I didn't want to be held accountable for that. So that's why I was like, mm, would that happen? So it's really sad the way the whole thing turned out because in the early part of this, we were in agreement and even as late as 1998, we were still in agreement and you'll find out about all of that. But after being in agreement, they still went and did all of the horrible things to me that they have done and said, and there was just no excuse for that. And 
my attorney was just shocked when he heard some of the things that they were saying because he said you were so good to them during that period of time and then they go and do this to you.